And it is only then, children of Yah, that God wants to take you back to formula, to bring you back to zero, to remind you of what you're here to do. If you wake up with breath in your lungs, please understand that it was the Lord who ordered it so. Welcome to the Yahweh Revised Podcast. My name is Shaq. I hope you guys are wrapping up what was an amazing Father's Day weekend. I hope you guys are also having an amazing start to your week. You know, I'm hearing through so many different people that a lot of people are having their prayers answered. You know, they're receiving everything that they prayed for, and it's in great abundance. Amen. But today, I come to you with a topic that the Lord planted in my heart earlier today, and I'm going to call it the mustard seed that could. You know, I asked it came in prayer. I said, God, what do you want me to talk about today? And he spoke to me in a vision called the mustard seed. And slowly but surely, you know, he started to give me bits and pieces and what is now a full manifestation of the message today. Amen. So today you guys are going to get blessed with an amazing topic. And I'm going to be reading from the gospels of Mark and Matthew, and I'm going to be reading from first Corinthians and Hebrews. But before we get into it, I want to just say a quick prayer. Father God, in your mighty holy name, I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone over this temple, over this vessel, Father God. I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of my listeners. Allow this word to take root in the minds, hearts, and souls of whom you want it to take root in. Allow this word to be sown so that we may all have provision. Allow your daily bread to be fed through all of us, Father God. Let your will be done through us. We pray that you forgive us of our sins and we ask that you keep us aligned with the Holy Spirit. Give us new revelation, give us new breakthrough, and give us new provision and abundance through this word. In your mighty holy name, I pray, amen. Okay, guys, so going into it, the mustard seed that could. The Gospel of Mark, chapter four, verses 30 to 32. Then Jesus said, To what shall we liken the kingdom of God or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground, it is smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Jumping forward to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 6, 8. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. 
jumping forward to Matthew 17, 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. And then the last verse from Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is Hebrews 11, 1 to 3. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Father God, in your mighty and holy name, I plead the blood of Jesus over this message. Allow your power to flow through me to deliver a powerful word to your people, Father God. Give me the words I need to speak. Allow the people to see your vision, to know your fullness and holiness through your word, to know provision and abundance through abundance through this word, Father God. Let all these things be done and let the good seed be sown tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, so going into it, the mustard seed that could. Children of Yah, the faith is the water that grows the seed. Your faith plus the righteousness of God equals the plentiful harvest. And children of Yah, your faith is the number one priority of the enemy. Why? Because in Hebrews eleven six it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And children of Yah, what that means is without the faith, it is impossible to move forward in anything. Even in the most basic levels of your life, it is impossible to move forward if you do not have faith in whatever it is you hope to accomplish. Let me give you some examples. If we need to go to the store and we go, we have the faith that we won't get hurt, we won't get mugged, or we won't get jumped. As a matter of fact, we don't even think about it. How many of you can honestly say that you thought about getting mugged when you've made a simple trip to the store? How many of you can honestly say that you've thought about getting hurt when you went to the store at a reasonable time of day, a time where you just didn't think about it, like you ran back to pick up the milk. You didn't think about getting hurt. So we don't think about it. I'll give you another example. When we turn on the car, as complex as a car is, with all of its moving parts and, and, and uh, electronics and working and all, all that kind of stuff, we have the faith that the car won't blow up on us or break down on us. And I've seen some cars lit on fire in recent days. That blazing inferno when a car explodes into flames is crazy. And so we have the faith that that's not going to happen. And we have the faith that as long as it's been since we last tuned the car, 
For some of you, you haven't tuned your car in nine months. For some of you, even when you got your car tuned, the mechanic you handed it to, you didn't even know his name. You couldn't even pronounce his name. But you trusted that he tuned your car and got it working to an optimum level. And children of y'all, we have faith in these things. And so we have faith that as long as it's been since we last had that car tuned, everything, especially the brakes, going at eight, doing 80 on the freeway, we have faith that those brakes can bring that car to a complete stop. We have faith that as we're late for work, as we're 15 minutes late for work and we're jamming and flooring the pedal for all it's worth, we have faith that those brakes are gonna be there. <laughs> That's one example. I'm gonna give maybe two more examples and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop it right there. When we have, when we eat, wherever we got the food from, we have the faith that the food wasn't spoiled, cooked wrong, spat on, or unsanitary. Children of y'all, real quick, do you have any idea what the food industry does to people who send food back? Have you seen what some of the workers do? Some of the workers, they actually spit in your food. So we have faith that the food is cooked to the best of the chef's ability and hopefully their ability is good. We have faith in that. Even if we know that the food is obviously unhealthy, fast foods like McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, et cetera, et cetera. We have faith that when we eat this food, we're going to be okay. One more example. And then I'm going to stop. When we go to sleep at night, we have faith that the roof of the house we're sleeping in, the apartment we're sleeping in, the condo we're sleeping in, the bungalow we're sleeping in won't cave in on us. For some of us, the roof has been in disrepair for a long time. And so count it as a blessing that the Lord makes sure that the roof didn't budge. And when you went to sleep last night, the roof didn't budge last night. And so children of Yah, when we have, you know, we have the faith that as crazy as some people drive, as some people carry themselves, we don't get hit. We don't get assaulted. We have faith in a lot of different things that we just, we don't pay attention to. We automatically take it for granted. And children of Yah, this is the kind of faith that we have in the basics of life. So how about when we put the faith in the kingdom? What can we expect from our Jehovah Jireh? Psalms 37.4 says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches 
in glory by Christ Jesus. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Ooh, I feel the Holy Spirit. The power works in us, children of Yah, in us. So that exceeding abundance is in your heart. It can work in your heart, children of Yah. That's crazy to think about. Whatever it is that you desire, God is waiting to give you in full abundance, extreme abundance. He doesn't want to just give you one thing. He wants to multiply it to a level that you couldn't even comprehend. You were just in a season of drought, a desert. You were just in a season of desolation and you came out of that season into the land of milk and honey, flowing rivers, plentiful harvest. Why? Not because of what you did, necessarily, but because you had the faith in God that he was going to provide for you. Look at what Job did when Job lost his kids, his land, his home, and he got sick. He didn't go out and say, well, I'm just going to work to regain it all again. No, the only thing Job did was maintain his faith in God. And what happened? God gave him twice as much as what he had before. He had three kids, now he had seven. He had this much amount of livestock, the Lord gave him double, double the land, double everything. Why? All because of his faithfulness to God. And children of Yah, the Lord wants to give you that same exact thing. And so the Lord is able to do whatever he wants to do for us, but our challenge is that our belief, children of Yah, here's the thing. The catch is it always comes with a bunch of conditions. It comes with a bunch of conditions, what ifs, and asterisks. Yeah, I believe the Lord is going to provide, but this, 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 and this. I don't know what I'm going to do to handle this looming situation, but the Lord will provide, amen? We speak the fear that negates the faith of what he can do for us. Matthew 12, 34, Jesus says, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the real question is, what is in your heart, children of Yah? Is it fear or is it faith? Sometimes it's not that our faith is weak, but that which we desire is not of God. James 414, let's look at that. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from the desires, from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war Yet you do not have because you do not ask. 
You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that a friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And it is only then, children of Yah, that God wants to take you back to formula, to bring you back to zero, to remind you of what you're here to do. If you wake up with breath in your lungs, please understand that it was the Lord who ordered it so. And children of Yah, God gave you breath in your lungs to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to build the kingdom. Genesis 2, 7 says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Transparency time. So back in from 2015 to 2019, I was making some very good money. And it was the most amount of money I ever made in my entire life. And I got a little bit of an ego boost because of it, a lot of bit of an ego boost because of it. So what did the Lord do? The Lord took all of that away from me. I lost my car, my income, and my girlfriend at the time, all within the same week. And I was in a dry season up until November of that year. The season started in March, early March, March of 2019. And the season didn't end until November, late November. And so the Lord, he took me back to zero, back to where I could only focus on one thing and one thing only, and that was him. And so some of us, you know, our minds are too muddled. Our minds are too confused that we just need to go back to zero. We need to go back to formula. We need to remember that the best blessing that the Lord gave us was the, ble- was the breath of life. And we have to use that breath of life to build his kingdom. But God, I don't have a house of worship, a mic, a pulpit, this, that, and the third. I don't, I don't have any of this. I, I, I feel so, so unprepared. I feel, I feel like I lack so much. I feel so broken. Why would you ask this of me in this time, in this season? I don't have all of the tools yet. I'm, I'm so broken. The Lord is saying that all you need is the spirit and breath in your lungs, nothing more, nothing less. And if you don't have the spirit, let me tell you something, children. If you don't have the spirit, guess what? The Lord gave you breath to inquire of it to God himself. Romans 10.10 says, for with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. 
Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Children of Yah, there is so much power that God sowed into your mouth and your mouth can be the greatest asset to your growth and God's will. Your mouth is like the farmer who works all day, planting and watering and planting and watering so that when the season comes, all that planting and watering brings a harvest that is plentiful and stretches as far as the eye can see. Each time you use your mouth to breathe life into everything around you, it's like one more seed was planted. The brain works the same way, children of Yah. I'm gonna get all scientific on you real quick. In the world of science, it's called neuroplasticity, where every time you think the same thought, your brain gathers glucose to that specific pathway of thought in the brain to make it stronger. And if you know anything about glucose, children of Yah, glucose is basically every time we eat food, it gets transformed into sugar, and that sugar is what powers and energizes our bodies. And so with the brain, the more you think about something, the more it becomes a reality. Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. So once again, children of Yah, I'm going to ask you, What's in your heart? What is in your heart? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus says, if you're a wounded warrior with a small amount of faith that maybe, just maybe, it's possible that God can do it. Well, then the Lord says that that's enough. In fact, he anticipated that our faith wouldn't be large enough because of the vices of the enemy. Some of you are so concerned with outside opposition. Guess what? The Lord anticipated this also. All of that was already factored into the equation. All you had to do was move. The Lord knew that you were going to go through a broken season. The Lord knew that you were going to go through a season where you didn't have nothing. You only had $3 to your name. They took, they turned the lights off. They cut the water off. They shut the heat off. Your car's broken down. Your car got towed, this, that, and the third. The Lord already factored all of that into the equation. And all he's waiting for you to do is to walk. Where are we going, Father? That makes no difference. Because Corinthians says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Matthew 13 Verses 24 through 30, another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed the good seed in his field. But while men slept and his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced the crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, no, 
lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first, gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And so, children of Yah, the Lord orders us in spite of the tares, in spite of the negative opposition, in spite of your negative friends, your negative family, the financial situation, the car situation, the marital situation, whatever it is, in spite of all those things, the Lord orders us to push forward anyway. And the wheat will be separated from the tares when all of it's said and done. And if there are tares among you, children of Yah, once again, negative people, negative circumstances, toxic, toxic relationships, lack of money, etc. It is to your benefit that you continue to push. James chapter one, verses two through four, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And so, children of Yah, the ultimate test of your faith as much as, as, um, let me say that over again. The ultimate test of your faith is as much as it means to you when there is an assignment of your life against your life, excuse me, and your walk. How much does it mean to you when all of these things come against you? How much does it mean to you when the task is seemingly impossible. And so the ultimate test of your faith is just how much does it mean to you when there is an assignment against your life and your walk? And so when it comes to the things of the spirit and the kingdom, how much does God mean to you when he asks you to become uncomfortable and do his will? Children of Yah, a seed can't grow without the sacrifice of time to nurture it. And your blessing cannot come to pass without the sacrifice of your flesh to God. What do I mean by that? To sacrifice your flesh means to delight yourself in his presence, to fully surrender what is natural to your holy temple, to gain what is great in abundance, in great abundance from the most high God. So if there's something that you want that requires you to be uncomfortable, children, of Yah, I'm going to encourage you not to focus on the discomfort, but rather focus on what you can't see. You know, when you enter a long tunnel, the light is always, almost always non-existent. And so you have to travel a little bit in the dark for a while before you can see the end or the end of the light at the tunnel. In my neck of the woods, you know, I'm about five minutes away from New York City, but I'm about 15 minutes away from the Lincoln Tunnel. That's the tunnel that connects New Jersey to New York City. And the Lincoln Tunnel takes you straight into midtown Manhattan, where 42nd Street is. Times Square, Bryant Park, United Nations, all that fun stuff. And so when you go into the Lincoln Tunnel, it starts with a right-handed curve 
And then it continues for a mile until you get to the other side. And you think it's obvious that, oh, it's so straight that you can see the end. You can see the light, right? No, you have to travel for about three fourths of a mile before you can even see a glimmer of the end of the tunnel. And so children of y'all, whenever you go through tunnels, don't focus on being stuck in the tunnel. Focus on what you can't see, which is the end of the tunnel. Tunnels don't last forever. Every tunnel in existence has an end to it. Otherwise, the whole world would be kept in darkness. And so we don't always know what's in the tunnel except a way out of it. And so we go into the tunnel only focusing on the end of it. And children of Yah, this is how the Lord desires us to be when it comes to our faith. So much of it is based on what we don't see. And we practice our faith in tiny ways that we don't pay attention to that serves us well when it comes time to build the kingdom. And the Lord challenges us to shift that approach towards the kingdom. And so when you have a life situation that gets a little bit hectic, please understand that's the same thing as being stuck in the tunnel, focusing on how dark and scary the tunnel is. And so the Lord only wants you to focus on one thing and one thing only, his will, his mission, and in all totality, him. That's it. Jesus said, my sheep, they hear my voice and they know me. They know me by my voice and they follow me. Keep your eyes on the prize. Only focus on the end goal, the end destination. And so in closing, I encourage you, children of Yah, to grow your mustard seed and water your mustard seed and only focus on the reward. Do not focus on the time that it takes, nor the effort of growing it. Only keep your eyes on that spiritual light, that thing that you can't see. Don't pay attention to how it looks. You pay attention to how it looks, you're going to get lost in the sauce. Don't pay attention to how messy the kitchen is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Don't pay attention to how messy the kitchen is. Pay attention to how good the meal is going to turn out. When a kid gets a Lego set, he gets it in pieces. He doesn't get the whole Millennium Falcon in one. I've never actually seen a Millennium Falcon, but for all intents and purposes, just follow me. He never gets it in one complete thing. He takes it out of the box and it's in pieces that he has to sim assemble together. And children of y'all get this. 
when kids have Legos, they have fun building it. Why? Because the beauty of a Lego box is that it shows you the complete picture of what it's supposed to look like. And so the children, when they build, they only focus on that complete picture. And when it's done, it's a thing of beauty for them. And so I encourage each and every one of you, pretend it's Legos. Pretend it's Legos. The Lord has given you all the pieces you need to assemble your Lego set. The Lord has given you the faith. The Lord has given you the breath of life. The Lord has given you the power in prayer and life in the power of your tongue and his voice and the spirit. He's giving you all the pieces to assemble the Lego set. And so I encourage you, children of Yah, assemble it. Do the work of an evangelist. Do the work to complete your faith so that you lack nothing, like it says in James chapter 1. Only focus on the end prize. And I promise you, he will bless you in abundance. Guys, that's all I have for tonight. I pray that you guys go sow in Jesus' name, go grow in Jesus' name. As always, if you have any questions for any business inquiries, contact me at yahwehrise at gmail.com. You could also find me on Facebook, Yahweh Rise Podcast. My name is Shaquan Woody. Guys, go sow in Jesus' name, go grow in Jesus' name. Don't forget to subscribe. New episodes come out on a weekly basis. But I love you all. And let's nurture the mustard seed, guys. Let's grow it. Let's grow it into something beautiful. God bless you all. Have a good night.